I want to teach you a simple message called the simplicity of the gospel. Now, this is going to help you to understand uh, getting people to cooperate with God to get saved. You know, what must you do to get people to cooperate with God so that they can be saved? You know, we want to cooperate as much as possible with the Holy Spirit, not work contrary to Him, but uh, flow together with Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the Bible reveals that the sinner in Ephesians 2.12 is without God and without hope in this world. They don't have God. Now, Jesus said to you, Lo, I am with you always. You have God with you. If you're born again and you're walking with the Lord, He's with you. But He's not with those sinners out there. They're separated from Him. They don't know Him. The Bible says they're alienated from the life of God. That means they're separated from the life of God. Well, you have the life of God on the inside of you. See, that's what makes you aware of God because that veil has been removed from between you and God. And a little bit of what I'm going to be talking about today is this veil. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that there is a veil that covers the nations. Now, this is a spiritual veil caused by sin in the flesh that causes the sinner to not be able to perceive God correctly. So they have a lot of crazy ideas about God and what's acceptable to God and and so on and so forth. You know, did you ever watch uh, some of these Hollywood people, you know, Somebody's been there for decades and famous person and they're a known drug addict and known womanizer, known this, known that, like that. But when they die, everybody acts as though they went right to heaven. (laughs) That's not the case. See, but they have a wrong idea about God or wrong ideas about how things are working here in the earth and what God needs of man in order to save man. God has done what he can do, but he gives us the information in the Word of God, praise God, so that we can minister more effectively uh, to the lost out there and they can more uh, readily uh, respond to God once they intelligently know what's going on. See, those sinners out there, they don't have a clue what's going on. Now, God can get you saved sometimes even when you don't have a clue hardly. You know, that's how he saved me. I didn't hardly have a clue (laughs) what was going on, but he quickened some passage in the Bible to me. And it caused me to repent and call on the name of the Lord in my own house, there by myself. I called out upon his name, and he saved me. Well, the Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, I ignorantly did it, but he knowingly responded. Praise God. And, and he's real. He's, he's true. 
In Isaiah 59.2, he says, Your sins and your iniquities have separated you and your God, and he's hid his face from you. Say, so he won't hear. Now, God is making this known that it's people's personal sins. See, it's those people out there, it's their personal sins that have separated them and God. You know, nobody else can sin for you. You sin for yourself. You sin for yourself, then you're guilty, you know. And uh, there's a certain penalty. Well, God says your sins, your iniquities have separated you and your God. So people in the world, they're separated from God because of their own sins. The Bible said in Romans 5, 12, by one man, sin entered this world. And death, a separation from God and his kingdom, death by sin. See, so sin is the cause. Sin causes this veil and separates God and man. And, uh, and God says it's people's personal sins that do that. The Bible said the Son will not bear the iniquity of the Father, nor the Father of the Son. You know, so in other words, nobody else can sin for you. That's a, a, a choice of your own will. So, again, Romans 5, 12, by one man, Adam, sin entered into this world and death. See, separation from God by means of sin. So that's why they're separated from God. Their sins have separated them and God. And uh, this veil caused by sin separates every human being on the face of the earth. The Bible said death spread to all men, for all men have sinned. And of course, you know, Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everyone has come to a point at the age of accountability where they sin, and, uh, and a veil is there between them and God. And from that point on, they do not perceive the Creator, their Creator, properly or correctly. Now, sins, God made everybody, he made man in his image and in his likeness. He gave man intelligence, gave man a will, you know, gave man a purpose for being here, and so on. He gave man a law. Basically, his basic law is all things that you would, that people would do to you, do to them likewise, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want them to do to you, go ahead and do to them. Whatever you don't want them to do to you, don't do it to them. See, so all men know what they do and don't want to have done to them. 
So all men are responsible for knowing that much light in the law. They're all responsible for, the, for that much light. Now, because they are created by God, when they do things like hate others, cheat others, defraud others, backbite others, belittle others, rob others, disobedient to parents. The different things they do, because God made everybody, God takes it personally. He said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So, what we do to the image of God, God takes it personally. He made, he made everybody. See, and he made us all really to, to walk in love towards one another. And uh, everybody is, uh, is God's creation. Now, you know, the Bible says uh, in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, talking about Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that has been made. So without Jesus, there's nothing made that has been made, and everything's been made. So everything is kind of personally connected to Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 through uh, 18, it says, And he's before all things. And by him everything holds together. By him all things consist. Whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is the head of the body, the church. Now, here's what happens. Once a person sins, a veil caused by sin in the flesh covers their heart and mind. From that point on, those people out there in the world, their minds are blinded by Satan, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4. chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are lost. It's hid. So what happens is they sin, and they, they, they knowingly do wrong, but they don't understand the consequences. In their ignorance, they sin, and a veil that Isaiah and Isaiah 25 said covers the nations, a veil goes over their heart and mind. Okay, so now they're walking around with a veil on their heart and mind. They can't perceive God correctly. They don't understand their conscience has been defiled, so they can't, you know, really understand right and wrong to the degree it should be understood. Uh there's a lot of different effects that take place in the sinner 
that he's ignorant of. He becomes dead to God. He loses the life of God. He, you know, there's just a lot of consequences. But he's ignorant now. He's got a, he has a veil over his heart and over his mind. And he's separated from God and God's kingdom. Now, Jesus, when he came here as Savior, John said, we testify, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Matthew one twenty one. he came to save us from our sins. Say, the sins have consequences. Now, a person is separated from God because of sins, but if they stay that way until the end of their physical life, that's when they're separated from God forever. And there's only one place to go. It's the place God prepared for the devil and his angels. See, so they have to, they have to also go there because they can't go to heaven because they've got sin in their lives. So they're separated from God and his kingdom and separated from heaven, but they've got to go somewhere. And so that's, that's where they go. But God so loved mankind, he sent his son into the earth. He came down from heaven and was born here. And he came to show us, to preach the good news about the kingdom. And the Bible said he came to save us from our sins. First uh, Timothy 1.15, he came, Paul said this is a faithful saying, he came to save sinners. People with the, that veil over their hearts and minds, separated from God. So that's the reason Jesus came. He came to save sinners. Now, he came to show us how to get out of sin. Sin is, is such a devastating thing. Well, how do you get out of it? Can you get out of it? Or are you just stuck there? Well, he said, I've not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners to repentance. Repentance, Jesus came preaching in, in Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of the Son of God. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, repent ye and believe the gospel. He said in Luke 13, 3, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. In other words, this, whatever this thing is called repentance, it's mandatory or you'll perish in hell. It's mandatory. See, so a big part of his ministry in getting people, now all people that go past the age of accountability, the Bible said there's not one righteous, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and once they got sin in their life, that sin is enough. It varies in people how much sin they have, but that sin is enough to separate them from God forever. So whatever Jesus is preaching, everybody needs it. Now, after his resurrection in Luke 24, 47, he said repentance and remission of sins should be preached to all nations. 
So notice it's first repentance from the individual. They personally sin, they personally got to repent. They have to personally repent of the sins they've committed against God and others. See, they have to repent of that. They have to repent of the sin and the life of sin. So that's why Jesus came preaching and he told his disciples to preach for men to repent. The Bible said they went out and preached that men should repent, anointed many with oil and cast out many devils. So then people got this problem. They got a veil over their heart and mind. They're blinded. They're separated from God. And if they don't get out of that dilemma before they die physically, they're going to be separated from him forever. So our job is to, is to endeavor to work to reconcile them back to God. But the way to reconcile them back to God is they have to repent first. They have to know they've sinned. See, a lot of people think if they haven't blown somebody up, they haven't sinned. I watched a 700 Club show one time like that. These guys on death row, and you know. They were still making excuses for themselves. They were still saying, well, I didn't blow up. You know, I, I may have killed three people, but that guy over there, he blew up a building and killed a whole bunch of them. So he was still trying to look for somebody worse than himself and make excuses for himself. And that's what sinners do. When God asked Adam, what did you do? He said, the woman you gave me. See, now God was looking for him to repent. He that confesses and forsakes his sins, the Bible said, will find mercy. But he that covers over his sins will not prosper. So Adam tried to cover over his sins, and God asked a woman, what did you do? She said, well, the serpent. <laughs> Passed the buck, you know. My dad didn't bring me up this way. If my mom only did this, if this one only did that, everybody's got an excuse for everything. But uh, God only wants to hear what you did. You know, the Bible says confess your faults. It doesn't say confess each other's faults. <laughs> people like confessing other people's faults. Well, we're, we got a Bible authority to confess our own faults if we want. <laughs> but not so much the other persons. Pray for them that they spitefully use you and persecute you. Amen? Praise God so you stay out of sin. God doesn't want you in sin. So uh, Jesus knew what he had to do is to get sinners to repent. Now basically to repent... Now, God gives a definition of repentant Ezekiel himself. And I heard people making up all kinds of things for repentance so they don't have to repent. Like, uh, oh, that just means they have a change of mind towards who you believe Jesus is. That ain't all that means. <laughs> you know, well, praise God if you start believing in Jesus, that's a great thing. But the demons also believe in Jesus and they tremble. So just saying you believe it. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, not do what I say. So anyway, uh, repentance basically 
is you realize you're a sinner. Like that one, sinners would be merciful to me, Lord, a sinner. I'm a sinner. Jesus said that man went back justified. But the Pharisee over there standing in the corner, Jesus said he was praying to himself. (laughs) God wasn't even listening to him. I'm glad I'm not like that sinner. I'm glad I give tithes of all. I'm glad I'm so wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderful. I'm just, when people learn to be as humble as me, they'll be as great as me. No, we all need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God because we're all not very much without the Lord. No, with the Lord, we got everything. But without Him, we're not real hot shots. We all need Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, they need to realize they're a sinner. And what they need to do, the Bible said, you have not because you ask not. They have to ask God to forgive them for all the sins they've committed against God and against other human beings. Whether it's hatred, lying, cheating, backbiting, you know, I mean, just, just go down a whole list. Because according to the Revelation chapter 20, everybody's writing a biography, their own biography. And in their biography is everything they've done to other human beings along with every domino effect that's had upon those human beings. But if they repent, guess what? All the bad gets erased. Ooh, glory to God. Should move us all to jump up, jump up and down and do a couple laps around the church here. Just think, you got all your bad deeds blotted out. All your sins blotted out. Hallelujah. That's what repentance will bring. See, but until they repent, you know, I've told this story not too long ago, but it just helps give a little picture. Brother Hagin, when he was, you know, a wonderful preacher of God all these years, you know, and lived to be about 88 years old and, and had a powerful impact in the earth. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other powerful ministries started because of Brother Hagin. But when he was a teenager, he had a deformed heart and all just all kinds of different physical problems. But he was water baptized in a Baptist church and believed on the Lord. The doctors told him he didn't have long to live. They said, you know, get everything in order. You don't have long to live. There's not, nothing we can do about you. Anyway, a day finally came when he died physically, and he left his body. I think he left, you know, through his mouth. So he could sense that, you know, people breathe their last. And uh, he started going down. Down, 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 down into darkness. So dark, you could cut it with a knife, so thick. And he got down by the gates of hell, and some creature grabbed him by, some, you know, some deformed evil creature grabbed him by the arm. 
and was ready to bring him in through the gates of hell. And he heard a voice speak. And the creature shook and let him go. And the voice, like a magnet, drew him back up into the earth. Into the earth, And he came back up, I think, at the end of the bed and said, went back into his body the way you'd stick your foot in your shoe. Just slid right in. Well, he called out to his, uh, his, uh, his mother, grandmother was there. He called out, and one of them was by his bedside. And they'd been praying. They were praying. The reason he got come back up was because they were praying. They didn't know he was on his way to hell. They just thought he's dying physically. He's, he's been water baptized. He's a Baptist. He says, I'm going again. He could feel himself slipping out of his body again. So again, he slips out of his body. And again, he's going down, down, down into darkness. Down into darkness. He gets down there again by the gates of hell. Same creature grabs him, ready to take him into hell. And uh, I believe you heard praying again and Heard a voice, and like a magnet grabbing a hold of his back, it pulled him up, pulled him up into the earth realm again. He said, this time, I think, you know, he came up by the outside porch, but then went back into the, into the bedroom, into his body again. Now the third time, he says, he's going again. And he slips out of his body, and he's going down. 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 He, he's more conscious now. He's going down. He's not going up. And he cries out, God, I've been water baptized. God, I'm a Baptist. I didn't say if you're a Baptist, you're going to be saved. God said, repent. Do you know what he did? Halfway down, he began repenting, and all of a sudden, he changed direction. Hallelujah. Because you can, you can join anything and not repent, and if you don't repent, you don't get forgiven. And if you're not forgiven, you don't go upward, you go downward. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You sinned, you have to ask forgiveness for the sin. And as soon as he did, see, and God will be like that with any human being. As soon as they do, that's repentance and remission of sins, something happens. See, then God can begin to move in their life in a different way. And then uh, he went back up again, and the next time he slipped out of his body, he went up and had a different kind of an experience with God. So, uh, you know, sin causes problems. Not just natural problems. People say, well, we just have some problems here in the earth. No, you have more than that. You have spiritual problems with the devil. 
You have hindrances between you and God. Jesus told one man, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Worst things can come. There's worse things wandering around out there. <laughs> and you don't want to find out what they are. Amen? Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 19 through 21, the Apostle Paul said he bewailed many that were in the church at Corinth that had sinned, committed fornication. He gave a list of different things, and that was just a generalization list of those who had sinned and had not yet repented. He bewailed them. Why? He knew. The same sin that caused the problem in the first place can cause it again. The Bible in a number of places said, I write these things to you that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So everybody say, thank God for 1 John 1.9. 9. <laughs> Now, that doesn't mean go play in sin because sin is deadly and it's dangerous. But it does tell us there that that same blood that cleansed us in the first place can cleanse us instantly again. So God put that there. So that this thing called repentance, could, it could work time and again. You know, Jesus, in, in having John write to the churches of the book of Revelation, to most of the churches, he said, repent or else. So repentance is still for the church. I've heard people say, well, it's not for the church. Well, somebody should have told Jesus. Because he told the churches in the book of Revelation, repent. Or lose your anointing, lose your candlestick. You'll lose this and that. I'll fight against you with the sword of my mouth. There's different things, he said, as consequences. Because you can't side in with God's enemy and stay that way and then be friend of God. The Bible said if we make ourselves a friend of the world, we make ourselves the enemy of God. Because the world is not walking according to God. So thank God there's, there's uh, promises to cleanse us, to wash us with the blood. That blood has power to wash away the sin. Thank God for that. But yet, on the other hand, the Bible says, don't play with sin or your heart can be deceived and become hardened. And you can even come to the point, Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, where you depart from the living God with an evil heart of unbelief. And he said, brethren, he called, said, brethren, exhort one another while it's called today, lest any of you become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin and depart from the living God. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to go back. I knew, I knew people that, there were people that used to come here years ago and be all on fire and everything like that and backslid so far. Last, the last thing I heard them tell somebody is, I don't know, I, I might be an agnostic. How in the world do you get from a spirit-filled on-fire Christian to being an agnostic? I don't know, but I think it's S-I-N that causes that, that and unbelief. And unbelief comes because of S-I-N. You get out of the Word. 
heart condemns you, so on. Now, the Bible says that, uh, now remember, we're to help people turn. Now, turn from, because remember, repentance, it's two, two sides of it. You ask him to forgive you of all your sins of the past. He'll do it one swipe. He'll hit the delete button. And every sin you've ever committed will be erased out of God's records. Every single sin from the time you were a little tyke at the age of accountability to the time you get saved, every sin will be blotted out. So thank, thank God for that because you couldn't remember every sin you've done. So he just, he just uh, blots it all out instantly when you repent of it. And then, uh, then the other aspect of repent is you're turning away from future sins. You're not going to go right back and start hating and lying and cheating and, and you know, defrauding and, and, and doing those same things to people that caused you to be in your problem in the first place. See, so you, you, you repent and ask God to forgive you of all the things of the past, and you turn. See, now that's what, that's in Acts chapter 26, when Jesus appeared to Paul, his name was Saul at the time, and he didn't know what's going on. He was very zealous for religion, for Judaism, and he was throwing Christians in prison and trying to get them to blaspheme the name of the Lord and break up homes and take their belongings and even put them to death. So he was doing a lot of different things. But uh, he heard Stephen preach a powerful message in the book of Acts. But then he got, he got letters from the chief priests at Jerusalem to go to Damascus and haul Christians in uh, for trial and so on. But uh, through the people's prayers, through him hearing Stephen's sermon and so on, he had an experience with the Lord. And the Lord appeared to him. And he fell to the earth and he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. And he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said, I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have now seen and the things in the which I will appear unto you. I'm sending you forth to the Gentiles to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from Satan back to God. And then he was testifying to the king. He said, oh, King Agrippa, he said, I have not been disobedient to that heavenly vision. He said, I got into Damascus. I started from Damascus and started preaching all over. And people have been trying to kill me and do all kinds of things to me ever since I started preaching this stuff. He said, and I went out. And I preached that men should repent. And turn back to God. 
and live lives worthy of their repentance. So he went out and preached that men should repent. Say, so it's the same message that I'm t- telling you about. That's the first thing men need to do. In Acts 17.30, Paul said, God commands all men everywhere to repent. That's what they have to do. They personally sin. They personally got to ask God to forgive them. And then they got a purpose. They're not going to live that way anymore. They're going to show God that ignorance was a cause of their former lifestyle. Peter said, uh, you learned it in ignorance by the tradition of your fathers. You learned that, old, that way of living by following after the way your fathers lived. They lived wrong. But now we must live right. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 through 18, it says, he talks about the Jews, but it's the same for everybody. He said, when Moses is read, or when the Word of God is read, because Moses wrote down the Word of God, he said, there's a veil over men's hearts and minds. See, there's that veil again. He said, but when someone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And he says, we all with open faces, unveiled faces. When we read the word, we don't have a veil over our face, over our hearts and minds. We can can receive from the word in a way a sinner cannot receive from this word. Now, if they repent, praise God, and receive what God has for them, uh, then they can tap into the blessings that are here for them. But, you know, just a a couple verses later, then it talks about the God of this world, little g, not the Heavenly Father, but the God of this world blinds the minds of those who believe not. It says if our gospel is veiled, hid, It's veiled to them that are lost. See, they're lost with a veil over them. They don't know what's going on. They don't know that they're walking on the edge of eternity. They don't know that any moment they could slip away. If they really knew it, they'd all be running to the churches saying, "How, how do we get saved? How can we have get away from this danger that we're in. Now, because Jesus, he made us. See, all things were made by him. We have to go. Uh, going to Muhammad's not going to do nothing. Going to Allah's not going to do nothing. Going to Hare Krishna or Buddha or, uh, is not going to do nothing, spiritually speaking. No good for you at all. Not one drop of good for you at all. Well, you know, some, some groups can have people do some nice things for people and so on, uh, but that's not going to help you get rid of your sin, and that's what you need to do is get rid of your sin. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can get to the Father except by me. 
Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door of man's heart and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open up the door and invite me in, I'll come in to him. John 1.12 said, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. See, when you repented and accepted Christ, you became a son of God. Jesus alone settled the sin problem. No other spiritual figure, nobody in all of mankind, everybody would have had to die for their own sins. Buddha, Muhammad, they all were sinners. They couldn't die for your sins. If they died, they died for their own sins and went would go to hell because of their own sins. See, the gates of hell has a legal right to everybody because of their own personal sins. But thank God Jesus came down from heaven, was born of a virgin, grew up and lived a perfect sinless life, ministered the gospel, told people to repent and believe in the gospel, and then told them that he had to die and give his life for the sheep. And he allowed himself to be crucified by Satan and sinners. They nailed him to the cross, and God put our sin upon Jesus. And Jesus hung on that cross and cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, that, what was that? That was that veil. Caused not by his sin. He never sinned. Caused by our sin that he bore in his body. Then he left his body and went to hell. Acts chapter 2 said he did. He said, you'll not abandon my soul in hell. Neither will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So he took our sins down to hell where they deserve to go. And where we deserve to go. And he went there and put them there. Put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, Paul said. But the Bible said, but it was impossible that death and hell could hold him. Why? He never personally sinned. See, so because he never personally sinned, he broke the chains of death and hell and arose again from the dead and has the keys of death and hell. And says the gates of hell will never prevail against anybody that's a part of his church. Why? Because they have their sins washed away. They repented, have their sins washed away, and have eternal life imparted to them. So he arose from the dead, from the tomb. Hallelujah. He did it for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse. He who knew no sin was made to be sin, it says, for us. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. So he's the only one people can go to. Acts 4.12 said, Neither is there any other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be Saved. Hallelujah. So now if sinners repent, 
God won't hold any other sins against them. He'll just blot them right out. And if they'll invite Jesus Christ to come into their heart and life as their Lord and Savior, he'll come in and bring eternal life with them. They'll be born again and start life new. Hallelujah. Become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things will pass away, all things will become new. If they keep living for the Lord until they die physically, they get to go to heaven. That's why we don't want to go back to the world. It's not worth it. It's dangerous back there. You want to come to church regularly? You want to hear the word regularly? These things are important. The most important things in your life are the things that last forever. Nothing else is as important. Diplomas, power, position, new homes, it's not as important. Praise God. To stay close to Jesus is what's important. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me ask this question. You might be here this morning, and maybe you've never been born again. You've never asked God to forgive you of your sins. 